From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Are you operating out of greatness? Are you playing big? Are you going all in? Are you living up to your potential? That is what we're talking about today, specifically in the realm of leadership during the interview. But after this interview, um, I'm going to connect it back to all of us, no matter who you are and what you do. Um, because operating out of greatness, I think, is is one of the things that is missing from the world today. And and when we are doing that, we feel good. When we are not doing that, we feel bad. And we're going to talk about the connection between work and operating from greatness and happiness. And at the end of the show, I'm also going to share with you what I feel like is the real misconception that people have about happiness. And we're going to walk through the sort of six characteristics or six traits to know whether or not you are operating out of greatness and what you should be doing. But before that, of course, we have a, a great interview with a woman named Lolly Daskal, one of the most popular writers in the world for Inc. Magazine. And I think you're going to love listening to that. Today, we're talking about you being born into your greatness and operating out of greatness. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one -on -one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one -on -one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Um, she's an amazing woman. Um, first of all, she is one of the most popular writers for Inc. And she has over 1.2 million Twitter followers. It's probably more than that even by now. And she writes for, she's written for HBR, Fast Company, Huffington Post, Psychology Today. And she writes almost exclusively, pretty much exclusively on leadership. And she is the CEO of Lead From Within. And she is just one of the most practical teachers in terms of giving information and strategies that leaders can you know, put into action. And she has a new book coming out. This is her first actual book. She writes like 100 articles a month, but this is her first book. It's called The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness, which is available now, and you can check that out. But um, she's here with me today by special invite. So Lolly, welcome to the show. I have been looking forward to this, and thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, well, and I, you've, you've had some pretty big honors. I mean, being the top 50 leadership and management expert by Inc., uh, I saw at one point that Huffington Post called you the most inspiring woman in the world, which is pretty cool. And um, so I was curious about who inspires you, or more specifically, 
the the leadership model here that you're that you're presenting in the leadership gap. So I've been inspired by three particular people, and guess what? I have never met them. The first one is Viktor Frankl. Um, Mm. I read his book, The Man's Search for Meaning, and it changed my life. I read another book by Joseph Campbell, and it changed my life. I read a book by Carl Gustav Jung, and it changed my life. Now, these three mentors have shaped who I am and what I do in the world how I coach, how I do business consulting. And actually because of them, I've taken their three teachings, I've implemented into you know the service that I do for others. And this is what inspired my system. And now I write about my system in the leadership gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the leadership gap, like, I mean, one of the things that's hard about writing about leadership, I think is it's, it's, in some ways it's hard to say something new or to sort of forward the thinking that's been said just because there's so much. I mean, there's so many people who write about leadership. Um, and I think at the same time, I think there's very, that a lot of people don't execute very well on what they, on what they read. And so there's still a, a large need in the world for, for leadership. But in terms of the leadership gap, what, what would you say is different or new or what's sort of the unique slant or the angle or the, what's the, what is the part that forwards the thinking of what's been written already on leadership? So there are two parts, very particular parts, what makes this book different. Number one is, um, most of you don't know, maybe none of you know, but I read a book a day. And so I'm constantly. Yes. I remember you telling me that when we first met, that was so impressive to me. And you saw my library, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so, so there's, I read a book a day and I read about leadership and I read about business. And most of the books will talk to you about how. Most of the books will tell you when and where. And recently we had a book will tell you even why. And what I found is, especially in philosophy, most of the writings about how to take us to greatness and how to succeed talks about who, who you are being. And so I decided that I was going to write my book about who you are being while you are leading and while you are living. So that's one difference. Mm. Number two is, is that I have found that there are also books about archetypes and personas and traits and skills about leadership. But what I haven't found anywhere in a leadership book or in a business book that will teach you that your very same strengths can have a weakness. And instead of saying, Let's not concentrate on the weakness. I teach you how to leverage that weakness. I call those weaknesses the gaps. And so this book teaches you that you are a whole person. In order to succeed, in order to stand in your greatness, in order to do the things you want to do in the world, you need to own all of who you are in order to be a whole person. And that's what this book is about. It teaches you that you have both the light and the dark, the shadows and the greatness, And once you learn how to leverage it and you own it and you take responsibility for it, you can get what you want in life. Mm -hmm. So I want to come back to that one here in a second. But the uh, the thing that you said that I thought was kind of unique is is the who, right? Who are you? Who are you being? Who are you? You know, like how are you? How are you living? Or how are you occurring? Um, What are some of the things that great in terms of a leader and who they are and and how they are living what are some of those kind of key things you think that 
um, I don't know if the, if you would call them character traits or if you would call them, uh, you know, habits or behaviors. What are some of the universal themes in terms of who you should be being when you're being a great leader? Great question. I'm so happy you asked that. But one of the things that I want to talk about is let's go back a little deeper than that before I answer that question. I believe okay. that great leaders, in order for them to change the world around them, right? If they, that's what we call them great leaders. They must start by changing from within. That's where it starts. And then I'll answer your question. I think that great leaders have the ability to rethink, and I'm using that word in particular because rethink is an acronym for the seven archetypes of my book because it's all about the who. It teaches you who you need to be. And because they're able to rethink, utilize that system, they are constantly learning, changing, and growing as leaders. So that is the secret sauce. Is, is continually learning, growing, and changing? But the ability to rethink, because this is what it is. In my system, the rethink system, you can be, so take seven archetypes, right? And if you take the first archetype, you can either stand in your greatness or you can lead from your gaps. My archetypes are different because they're situational. We don't lean into one part of who we are. We lean into all parts of who we are. And so if you learn the rethink system and these seven archetypes and their polarity characters, then you can ask yourself at any given moment, and we'll, if you don't mind, we'll, I hope we dive into the, you know, the seven uh, archetypes. Yeah. Can you, can you just give us kind of the quick overview of what the seven are? Because there's, there's two sides of each one also, right? So it's kind of like there's, it's almost like there's 14, it's there's seven archetypes, but there's kind of the light and then the shadow of each one, right? Right. So one is greatness and one is gap. So let, you know, I don't know how much time we have, but let's start with the first one. And people will recognize themselves in the first one. So the first one is the rebel in the rethink system. It's someone who wants to make an impact on the world. It's someone who wants to do something significant. They don't want to follow the status quo. In order to make that happen, they have to have the characteristic of having confidence. Now, when I talk about confidence, I'm not talking about standing in front of the mirror and saying, I'm the best, I'm the greatest. This is not about ego. This is not even about affirmations. When I talk about confidence, I am talking about capabilities plus competence equal confidence. Oh, say that again. Capabilities plus competence equal confidence. Capabilities plus competence Equal equals confidence. Because this is I like it. found with my clients. Confidence is believing you're able, right? We believe we're able. But competence is knowing you're able. And that is a game changer. When you know you're able to do something, you feel confident. But for every leader, every person that is a rebel who has confidence, there is what we call a gap. And the gap is of someone who feels like an imposter who has self-doubt. It's the person that wants to do amazing things, who wants to take themselves to the next level, but there's these negative messages in their mind that say, I don't deserve this. I'm not the smartest. If they only knew, maybe I don't, you know, I want to do that, but I don't know how to do that, and I'll never learn how to do that. I'm too scared. It's all those little things that we say to ourselves that keep us from standing in our greatness. And so when I find that this happens to us, we have the choice in the moment to say, 
Will I stand in my greatness or will I allow my gaps to lead? And that's why this is so important to know the system because it's a game changer when in the moment you can ask yourself the question. Because sometimes if you lead from being an imposter and having self-doubt, you don't do the things you want to do in life. And so is the, is the gap always someone who has self-doubt or that the, that's just the part of the gap that applies to being a rebel? Exactly. It's the rebel that actually experiences the imposter. Now, this system was mm. created after coaching thousands and thousands of people. Every time I talked about confidence, this whole thing about self-doubt and feeling like an imposter kept emerging. And it happened with the same with all the other archetypes. Every time I mentioned a certain characteristic that they needed to be as great leaders, they would say, but if only I didn't feel self-doubt, if only I didn't have this gap, if only... And that's how the system emerged. It was from the feedback of those that I coached and those that I was working with that they kept telling me about what they were struggling with. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an irony that the the rebel is somebody who kind of has the the confidence, but then they also, they're also, it's like the self-doubt is, is their, that's like their shadow. They're having to constantly fight. In my research, I have found that 99.9% of high-achieving individuals suffer from the imposter syndrome. Hmm. And if that's true, then it's all of us on the call. I do coach the 1%. I do coach him. He has no self-doubt whatsoever. He never feels like an imposter, but I coach him on having empathy. You know, he said to me, I never feel self-doubt and I am, I'm a confident person. I'm a rebel and he's doing great things in the world, but he lacks the empathy for those who don't feel, you know, like a rebel. And so I'm coaching him on how to have empathy, but he's only the 1%. Yeah. I mean, I find that to be true too. It's almost like, uh, it's kind of ironic. Like a lot of people who have a lot of money live in a constant fear that they're not going to have enough money. And so that's part of what drives them. It seems like successful people are the same way as almost like the more successful you become, the more scared you are that somebody's going to find out that you don't, you're not really that successful. And so you keep, you kind of keep going. So that's the R. So what about the E? So this is rethink, rethink as you mentioned, is sort of this, the seven-step framework here. What's the next one? So the next... Uh, the, the, these are all the archetypes, right? They match up with rethink. Yes, exactly. So the next one in the rethink is the explorer. The explorer is someone who wants to go into uncharted waters, who wants to do something different. But in order to be able to do that, they need to be fueled by intuition. Because intuition in science talks about allowing things to flow. In order to allow things to flow, you have to let go of something in order to let something new come in. But for every single explorer who uses their intuition, there is a gap of the exploiter who manipulates. And you might be saying, Lolly, that's a very harsh shadow. That's a very harsh gap. But I would like to explain how it plays out. You see, when you use your intuition, you let go of control. And when people have a hard time letting go of control, if you need to control everything, if you need to have it your way and only your way, you might not realize it, but you might be exploiting people, their weaknesses, or you, and just to get your way, you might manipulate someone. Nobody wants to call themselves an exploiter or a manipulator, but if people are honest with themselves, when they need to have control, 
they might stand in this gap. And this gap can end up costing partnerships, relationships, and business, and especially leadership. So we have to be very mindful to see, can we learn to let go of control and allow ourselves to let things come in? Or do we need to control things and end up maybe sounding like an exploiter who manipulates? So that's a very important archetype to be aware of. So, okay, so you're saying that the the explorers, they manipulate as a way to gain control? The exploiters are ones that need to manipulate in order to get what they want. But the explorer doesn't do that. In order to get what they want, they let go of what they think they need to have and allow what they want to come in. Let me just explain something about intuition that I want to share. I have found over the years that intuition, I know people talk about intuition as being like a sixth sense. It's about your gut feeling. But what I found about intuition is is that in our brains, we have like chips in our brains where we store memory, where we store experiences. And intuition means that all those chips are coming together when we need an answer. And then all of a sudden, we're saying, wow, that makes sense. And it's not because all of a sudden we got it out of the thin air. No, it's all the experiences and all the challenges and all the habits and all the actions that we've taken is in our mind. And when we need an answer, the computer in our brain goes through all the chips and says, do it this way. Anybody ever notices that when you have intuition, it's usually five words or less. It sounds like, follow it, do it now. The moment you add because or a fifth word, it's not your intuition. It stops being intuition. So for me, I know when someone is really speaking from intuition is when it's short, a short sentence, and they don't use the word because. So if you have a hard time, okay, so let's take the the uh, the exploiters, because I think this is a real big issue that a lot of times leaders struggle with is wanting to have control, feeling like I need control, feeling, uh, I think, you know, part of leadership is knowing the, know the way, show the way, go the way, as John Maxwell says. And so part of what makes you a leader is to say, this is how it should be. And I think it really is easy for leaders to fall in the trap of going, okay, because I, I'm the first to sort of see it, then I want to try to control things and make it go this way. But you're saying the risk of that is that you can end up manipulating people to get what, to get your way and that the part of the antidote is letting go of that desire for control. So how do you, if you, if you realize that you are, you are in need of too much control, how do you get yourself to come to that place of letting go? Great question. I love that question. One, and it's very hard for anybody who's, who yeah. control to let go of control, right? For sure. So the thing, the thing about it is it's almost like when you have a bad habit, like how do you break a bad habit, right? You have to introduce something new that you normally wouldn't try. So for a leader who's in, who needs control, and I've seen this hundreds of times, I've seen this in organizations where a leader is always telling people what to do. My coaching is, have you tried maybe listening instead? where a leader always thinks they know the answer and they're always like, this is how it needs to be. I suggest to a leader, maybe saying out loud, I don't know, can you teach me? So it's kind of opening up the path for trying something new 
in order to see if you get the same returns, right? Because a leader that's always constantly, when I've seen this, exploiting and manipulating, employees tune them out. After a while, they stop working as hard as they should, and they tune them out, and most likely they're looking for other jobs. Because these days, people don't, you know, in my days, people stay 25 years, 30 days in a job. These days, if you have a boss, if you have a leader who's constantly manipulating and exploiting you, you're leaving that job. And so the greatest leaders, as I said earlier, have the ability to rethink, right, to go in to find out which kind of an archetype they are, and they're open to learning and growing and changing. That's how you let go of control. Now, let me say something. Not everybody wants to do that. The need has to come within the leader. The leader has to be able to recognize that the need for control is not getting them the results that they want. And that's when a leader says, can you tweak it? Can you change it? How can I leverage this? What do I need to do? So basically, the leader has to take the first step of admitting, hey, there's a, there's a shadow here or there's a, there's a darkness that I have to sort of work through. Or a leader will never say that out loud. A leader will say to me more, you know what? I'm not making the kind of revenue I want. Our business is losing money. People, my best people are leaving. The top performers are not staying. That's usually what a leader will come to me and say. It is only then... And I ask them, what responsibility do you play in that? Most of them will say nothing. It's not my fault. And then I say, leadership starts from within. It starts with you. You need to set the example. Now let's find out, are you standing in your greatness or your gaps? And which one of these gaps is costing you in the kind of business that you really want? Does every person have these gaps? Like these, does every leader have all seven of these gaps or it's only like certain ones or it's one more than the other? So we have all of these within us. These are the patterns that I've seen over three decades of working with leaders around the world. So we have all of them. Do we tend to lean towards one or another? We tend to, but these archetypes are not about like Myers-Briggs or like strength finders or the DISCs. These archetypes are situational. So if you're having a meeting with someone, the archetype of the truth teller or the archetype of the deceiver, you have, you know, comes up and you could ask yourself, will I be the truth teller in this meeting? Will I tell them the whole truth that maybe things aren't going okay? Or will I tell them half lies and they'll patch on that part, parts of me are deceiving them, which will create suspicion? Or you could be in a, you know, you could have a conversation with someone and maybe you need to be the hero instead of the bystander. So they're more situational than they are, okay, I'm only one archetype and that's, that's what I lean into. So is that the, is, that's the third, the third archetype is the truth teller? The third archetype is the truth teller. And I think for people that are running businesses and want to take themselves to the next level, it's very important to tell the truth and to be a truth teller. I'm sure we have recognized the truth tellers in our lives because it's, it's almost like they have a duty to always tell us the truth. They always love to speak with candor. But as we know that a truth teller has a gap. When they're scared to tell you the truth, they tend to tell you half-truths and they become deceivers because they're withholding information and when people withhold information, people become very suspicious. They become very paranoid. We know that when you don't tell the whole truth, people are busy making up stories. Oh, I know what's really going on. 
and then it gets out of control. So we have to be very mindful. Are we going to tell people the whole truth and tell them the bad news that we need to tell them and maybe ask them to be part of the solution? Or will we end up deceiving them and maybe cause suspicion among our teams and our businesses and it ends up costing us on what we really want to create? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's the, what is the H? The H is the hero. And I believe that within each of us, there is a hero. Because what is the hero? The hero is someone who feels fearful, right? Who's scared, who's frightened, but they're courageous anyway. As we know, there's a great book that says, feel the fear and do it anyway. So that's the hero. But for every hero that exists, there is a gap. And the gap is of the bystander who is fearful. When you're a bystander, you see something, but you do nothing. You hear something and you say nothing. How many times in our lives and have we been bystanders? How many times in our lives could we, have, could we have said something or done something and we don't do it? So the question that I ask everyone is then when they need to be the hero, are they courageous or are they allowing their fear to lead them and then they end up being the bystander in their lives? Mm-hmm. So the, you said uh, the gap of the rebel, the gap of the rebel is the imposter the imposter okay so i missed that all right so now i'm now i'm following you have the gap of the explorer is the exploiter yes yeah and the gap gap of the truth teller is the deceiver and the gap of 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 hero is a bystander so it's basically like you're either choosing to you know play from your greatness or play from your your gap exactly um perfect uh uh-huh and then, uh, okay, so what's the what's after hero? What's the I? The, the, the I is the inventor. The inventor mm. is all about how, it's about their craft. How do they create their craft? What do they do with their craft? They do it with integrity. That means that everything that they do, they do with excellence. That means that if you expect something from them, it's going to be quality. The inventor has a gap. And the gap is, of a destroyer who's corrupt. And you might be saying, oh, that's very harsh. But I want to explain what I mean by that. I mean by that is it's someone that says, let's do this faster. Let's do this cheaper. Let's cut corners. Nobody will ever know. Hmm. And the truth is, it does come out. You end up paying a price and you come across as a destroyer who is corrupt. So you always have a choice to ask yourself, if I am going to do anything in the world, Will I do it from integrity or will I do it from the parts of being corrupt or will I do it from the parts of being a destroyer? And we don't realize it, but when we are stressed out, when we are challenged, we tend to live in our gaps. We want to just do things to get them done and they end up up costing us in our success and in our greatness. It's very important to always be mindful of everything that you do to ask yourself the greatness or the gaps. Hmm. Well, that is five of them, my friends, which I can recap for you uh, after we let Lolly go. If you want the other two, the last two, you're going to have to buy the book because we are out of time. Uh, the Leadership Gap is the name of the book. Uh, Lolly, I do have one other question for you. Before we do that, where should people go if they want to connect with you and uh, learn more? So as of now, I have amazing bonuses if someone pre-orders the book. So you can find all my bonuses and gifts at theleadershipgapbook.com. 
And um, you can always find me at lollydaskell.com. And I really like to connect to people. So you can find me on Twitter at lollydaskell. Talk to me, tweet me, retweet me, and I will do the same. Mm-hmm. You most certainly do. Uh, and you do such a great job of connecting with people one-on-one, which I'm always uh, impressed by. And um, so my last little thing for you, Lolly, is, I mean, you you literally write like 100 articles a month. You're reading a book a day. You got this book coming out. Um, you spent 30 years sort of studying leadership, making this, you know, uh, your life's work. If I'm listening for the first time and I'm going, huh, you know, I'm not always operating out of my greatness. There are these, there are these gaps. There are these, these, these more shadow sides. Um, What's the, what is the first action that you would encourage people to take if they're realizing I I haven't been leading from a place of greatness. Um, I haven't been living up to my potential. I, I, I haven't been calling the people in, in my care most powerfully into action. What would you tell that that leader realizing that for the first time? What's the first thing they should do? Well, the first thing I would like to share with people that if you are truly looking for the sum of your greatness, we should stop asking ourselves, what do I want to do? And instead, we should ask ourselves, who do I want to be? That's number one. Hmm. Number two is, is that, and I do this within myself, I have to keep reminding myself every day, is that greatness is not really a destiny that is only granted for a few, but it's a choice that's available to everyone. And this is what I mean. A choice is an Mm. action that we do. It's a decision that we make. And if we know greatness is within us, then at every given moment when we are challenged, when we have difficulty, when we have stress, or how we show up, we can always be mindful to ask ourselves, are we standing in our greatness or are we leading from our gaps? Greatness isn't a destiny only granted for a few. It's a choice that is available to everyone. Uh, Lolly, thank you for your continuous stream of inspiration and education and um, just for your, really the, 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 the power here of opening our eyes to this, uh, this altar, this sort of other side that we are sometimes operating out out of and uh, gosh, we just wish you the best of luck and I'm so thankful for you and, and I'm praying for good, good things for you in the leadership gap. Amen. Am I operating out of greatness or am I operating out of the gap? What a sobering question and a big question that I think certainly applies to leaders, which is sort of the context there of the conversation between me and Lolly. But I think it's a universal question. It's something that everybody should be asking themselves, whether you are a parent or a CEO or a small business owner or a salesperson or a pastor or an employee or an independent contractor. I mean, am I operating out of greatness or am I living from the gap? In other words, am I living from my weaknesses? And I think part of the relevance of the question comes from the fact that so many people today feel like they're not living their life's purpose. So many people feel like they're not living their life's dream. They, they would say, I don't love what I do. 
I don't look forward to going to work every day, or I don't like my boss, or I don't like my business partners, or uh, et cetera, et cetera. So how do we know if we are operating out of our greatness? That was something that I thought about as I was sort of recounting the conversation with Lolly, and and she is a, she is an amazing uh, woman, and I've really enjoyed getting to know her. I would definitely encourage you to check out her book, The Leadership Gap. And um, of course, it's not out yet, but I think if you, if you're listening to this the day that this comes out, um, it'll be out soon. And um, she's just a, a wealth of knowledge and wisdom, and and that question, am I operating out of my greatness, or how do I know if I'm operating out of greatness is an important one, and it's a powerful one, because I think maybe a lot of us don't know. I mean, certainly, if if it's like everything is amazing in my life, well, then I know about it, and if everything is terrible, then probably I'm not, but how do we really know? And as I thought through that, and I thought about some of how her message applied you know, to me in my own life, is I came up with these sort of these uh, six criteria, uh, these six characteristics that you you typically will see when people are operating out of their greatness, and these would this would serve as like a scorecard maybe for you or for somebody in your life that maybe you need to pass this this podcast along to, uh, or you need to tweet about it. Which, by the way, um, if you don't mind, send a tweet to Lolly. Let her know that you're listening. Her handle is at Lolly Daskal. It's L O L L Y D A S K A L L O L L Y D A S K A L. Like I said, she has over a million Twitter followers, and but she will respond to you most likely. And so, you know, send out your favorite tweetable moment. I thought one of the ones that she said was, greatness isn't a destiny only granted for a few. It's a choice that is available to everyone. Um, I loved when she said that. I loved also that she said, don't ask, what do I want to do? Instead, ask, who do I want to be? Don't ask, what do I want to do? But instead, ask, who do I want to be? And... I think that's what we're really talking about now, right? Is who am I being when I'm being great? What does that look like? Because if I, you know, all of us have different jobs, roles, functions, you know, industries that we work in. And so maybe greatness looks different from a numbers perspective or from a time perspective in terms of what you're doing, or even from a results perspective. But when you talk about from a being perspective how am i being when i'm being great or what does what does being great look like how how do i show up in the world if i'm being great or what how do most people show up in the world when they are being great then i think these are pretty universal characteristics and again they will serve as a scorecard for you so here we go so number 1 is your creative you're creative. There is something about when we are operating out of our greatness that we are, we're creative. We don't see problems, we see solutions. Like, or we don't see problems, we see opportunities. That is such a consistent element of people who are being great. Because um, one of the things that I think is fascinating about the way that Lolly lays out her seven archetypes in her books and everything in her content, um, I really liked how she made the distinction that you know, these aren't personality or behavioral styles that are permanent, you know, sort of like DISC or Myers-Briggs or Navigate, of course, is is our sort of proprietary method. And um, if you haven't listened to that episode with me and Dustin Hillis, you should go back and listen to it. It's the four different, you know, uh, 
selling the way that people like to buy it, sort of the four different uh, buyer behavioral profiles. But um, those are all things that it's like, this is who you are kind of always. And what she's talking about is that some days you're in your greatness, some days you're in your gap, and that it's much more situational and it changes. Well, when somebody is in their greatness, they are creative because there's these there's these moments where you see they're they're able to to find a way over through around or under any barrier they figure it out they find a way but um some people even people who are great people who have been great in the past when they are not in their greatness anymore they seem to get stuck they seem to get blocked they seem to focus entirely on the problem and then they can never really get past it because they they can't see the solution so are you being creative Number two is inspiring. People who are operating out of their greatness are almost always inspiring. What is inspiring? Inspiring, the word inspire is, means to breathe life into. It's actually a biblical concept. It's to breathe life into. When you're being great, you are breathing life into everyone around you. You're breathing life into your own life because you you kind of come alive and you you show other people what's possible for their life by achieving greatness in your own, right? That is one of the byproducts of operating out of greatness is that you show other people what is possible for their life by being by achieving greatness in your own. And that is something that if you're doing that, it, then you are inspiring. And if you're paying people compliments, if you are being grateful, if you are setting goals and talking about vision and you're achieving those things, then you are inspiring other people. And I think, you know, gratitude, compliments, and vision are three of the best ways that we inspire. And that's just something that if you're doing that. So if you're not inspiring other people, forget about feeling inspired yourself. I think a, a, a better, a, a more stronger indicator of whether or not you're operating out of greatness is not how you feel, but how do you make the people around you feel? Do they feel lifted up? Do they feel energized? Do they feel elevated? Or do they feel brought down? Do they feel dragged down? Do they feel darker? Are you shining light into their life? Are you life-giving or are you life-taking? And so if you're not sure about if you're operating out of greatness, then don't ask yourself almost how do I feel, look at how you're making the people around you feel. Number three is you're hardworking. When you are operating out of your greatness, you are hardworking. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how successful you are or not, or, you know, or how beginner or rookie you are. It doesn't matter. There's some people who achieve these huge levels of success and then they don't operate out of their greatness and they're not they're not hard working and they 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 feel like the goal in life is to stop working and the, the goal in life is not to get to a place where you stop working work is one of the highest forms of worship that we have work is energizing when it's done the right way and when we're doing the right things um and when you're in your greatness you're hard working the days fly by or the hours fly by because you're so you're so focused on this, you know, pursuing this possibility that you just work really fast and you work really focused. If you're not working hard or you're not working focused, then you're not operating out of your greatness. You're just not. And you want to be hardworking. It's, it's work is 
work is a blessing. Work is how we provide value to the world. Work is how we improve the lives of the people around us. Work is how we contribute to the community at large. And so doing hard work is a sign of greatness. Now, it doesn't mean that you should only work or that you should be a workaholic or that, you know, like 90 hours a week of work is the only way to be great. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you should be, when you're working, you're working hard and you should be called and compelled to want to work because you're working on something that is great. Number four, you're optimistic. You are optimistic. If you are, are if you are operating out of greatness, you are being optimistic. You are being hopeful. You are being encouraged. You are seeing the possibilities. You're not just seeing the fears. You're not just seeing the worst case scenario. You're seeing what is possible. Which I guess that means if you're being pessimistic, then you're not operating out of greatness. You're not, it comes back also to the inspiring. You're not energizing the people around you. You're not lifting up. Now it's it's not a horrible thing to have a plan for worst case scenarios or, or to be prepared for those things. But that doesn't mean that you expect them to happen. Optimism, I think, is believing and hoping and expecting that good things are going to happen. It doesn't just mean blindly walking and not paying attention um, and not being intelligent about preparing for risk that's not optimistic. That's ignorant. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, optimism is a sign of somebody who is operating out of their greatness. Number five is abundant. You are being abundant. When you are operating out of greatness, you are operating from a sense of you're not trying to take a bigger piece of the pie. You're trying to create a bigger pie for everybody. You're not squabbling over well, this is mine and that is yours. You're 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 thinking how do I create a bigger pie for everybody? When you're operating out of your gap, it's really hard to do that because you're not optimistic about the future and you're not inspired and you're not finding creative solutions. So what you see is problems and you see you see constriction, you see scarcity, you see um, a shrinking market, a shrinking potential, a shrinking opportunity. And it's, it's basically impossible to be living abundant, to be get, dealing out abundant praise, to be abundant with sharing credit, to be abundant with sharing recognition, to be abundant with creating opportunities and abundant uh, with sharing uh, finances and resources and just believing and investing into the future rather than sort of hoarding for the present. So when you're operating out of greatness, you are being abundant. And then the last one, number six, when you're operating out of greatness, you are being service-minded. Service-minded. We say it so many times on this show. It's hard to be nervous when your heart's on service. When you are focusing on serving others, you are being great because you're contributing value to the world. You're contributing value to other people's lives. You're, you're contributing value to something beyond yourself. That is one of the greatest signs of be operating in greatness, is that you're, you're selfless. You're not thinking and operating only in a way to benefit you. You're thinking about the community and the world at large and the people around you. And how do I create value, not just for me, but how do I create value for other people? And that is such a powerful place to operate from. Uh, and if you 
as you listen to this checklist, being creative, being inspiring, hardworking, optimistic, abundant, and service-minded, if you listen to that list of those six items and you say, gosh, I'm not doing any of those, right? I'm not feeling creative. I'm not feeling inspired. I'm not working hard. I'm completely distracted. I'm completely pessimistic. I, I'm completely operating out of scarcity and trying to protect my own, and um, I'm focusing on problems, right? If if the opposite of those six traits is more aptly describing how you are living, what I would encourage you to do and challenge you to do is to start by focusing actually on number six. Because if there is something magic about serving other people that makes all of these other things come alive. It makes all of these things um, activate. It, it there and I don't know why. I can't tell you why, but I feel very confident that that's how it is. There is there is just something magic about serving other people. It's the same kind of thing, right? Like if you're not feeling happy, rather than trying to make yourself feel happy, go serve somebody, try to help them and see if that doesn't bring you joy. I think so often we we go the wrong direction in our life and we try to we try to focus on what can I do to be happy. We think of happiness as this like internal pursuit, this thing that I have to do or achieve or you know things I have to have or become. But really it's like actually if the fastest path to happiness is to serve and provide value to somebody else and watch if it doesn't fill you up in the most sustainable way possible. In a weird way, it's sort of a selfish reason to be service minded. It's, it's that if, if once you have sampled everything, whether it's money, alcohol, drugs, sex, uh, I mean, recognition, fame, whatever you, you find people who have sampled all of these things and it, they, they, none of them lead to sustainable happiness. But when you meet people who are sustainably happy, they are serving people. They see the connection that their life has to other people. And that is the place maybe where you need to start is it's like Albert Einstein said, try, don't focus on being a person of success, but being a person of value. Um, and, and that is, is so cool. But this, this concept that Lolly is introducing or, you know, highlighting about, are you operating out of greatness or are you operating out of your gap is so tremendously powerful and so tremendously important for your own life. Because if you will present yourself with that sobering question every day or every minute of every day and you ask, am I really operating out of greatness? It's going to, to be, it's going to be a beacon that guides you. It's like a beacon of light. It's going to guide you to where you should go and to what you should do and how you should allow yourself to be used. Um, and it's just, it's tremendously, tremendously powerful. And I want to just leave you with this. This is one of my all time favorite quotes. Uh, this is from a, an, a man named uh, Punta Jolie and, uh, Punta Jolie is an old, uh, you know, philosopher. And, uh, I love this. I love this quote. I read it every so often. And it says this, when you are inspired by some great purpose, by some extraordinary project, All of your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands in every new direction, and you find yourself in a new, great, and wonderful world. 
dormant forces, faculties, and talents come alive, and you discover yourself to be a great a, a, a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. My friends, that is what greatness looks like. That is what it looks like to operate out of greatness. So this week, go out and be great. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.